Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Fedor, what's going on, man? T. Bush, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing awesome. And we got to give you the welcome. Welcome on into the barbershop. Chris Fedor, uh, uh, you know, Cavs beat reporter for Cleveland.com. Now, Chris, why are people upset about this draft? Why are they upset? I don't know. You tell me. You've been talking to them all day. I'm confused, <laughs> man. I, 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 it, it just seems like the the people wanted to act like act like there was like the Cavs had the number one, two, or three pick, and, and they had all this draft capital, and they was they thought this was the NFL draft where you could just package up a couple twos and, and some money and go up and get the number one pick. That ain't how it worked, people. Why is is are, are people so down on Abaji? Yeah, I mean, I think the the reason for that, G. Bush, is is because he just like doesn't have the same kind of upside, right? And he's a different kind of player than what they've drafted um, the last four years. He's 22 years old. He's a four-year college player. So the sense is that as good as he is right now for this group, that's as good as he's going to be. Um, and, and I think it's interesting because, you know, when you're in a position like the Cavs are in, they're coming off a 44-win season. They made the play-in tournament. These are the kinds of players that you need on the roster. These are the kinds of players that you have to draft. And, and I think part of the reason why people are more upset about Abaji is because of the guys that they passed on. They passed on Malachi Branham. They passed on Dalen Terry. They passed on A.J. Griffin from Duke. And all of those guys are perceived to have more upside, more ceiling, um, could potentially become all-stars down the road if that's how you feel about them. Whereas Abaji is just like, he's a guy, you know what I mean? He's a role player probably um, on this particular team. And the odds of him becoming um, an all-star or, you know, that two-way wing like Jason Tatum, like Jalen Brown, like Jimmy Butler, like those kinds of players, um, I would say are not very high. Uh, When you talk about his game and what he is able to bring to the table, um, six foot five, um, a guy who, who, you know, played for a, a, a team in Kansas, won a championship, was the leading scorer on that team, was able to knock down some shots. He's athletic, um, shot, you know, 40% from three. Um, he's more of a, from what I see, I'm not going to act like I'll be watching all these college basketball games. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I watched him play. No, you didn't. You got them. You got the YouTube film just like everybody else did <laughs> Get in that YouTube time machine and get you some highlights. But for what I see in highlights, it looks like a catch and shoot, catch and shoot guy. 
Uh, he can, he, you know, he got a couple, you know, he can do some things off the bounce, not big playmaker, didn't see him dropping crazy dimes or anything. But the one thing that he can do from the looks of it is something that we, we've been waiting for Jetty Osmond to do for years, consistently knock down a three. He can, <laughs> from a two-car yeah. position, right? Uh, yep. he, he looks like that. Is, is that it, can he turn that into an elite skill? Do you think he has the ability to be one of those guys where it's just like he's a microwave? If you give him some space, he, he'll, he'll knock that down and, and as Darius Garland and even Evan Mobley find him. Well, that's the thing that the Cavs are banking on, G. Bush, and, and that's the thing that they like about him um, is that that is an elite trait that he brings to the table. He shot 40% from three-point range this past year at Kansas. He was in the 94th percentile in terms of catch and shoots. So their vision, after seeing what happened throughout the course of last year, obviously last year was a little bit funky because Colin Sexton went down, Ricky Rubio went down, then was traded, and all the circumstances surrounding the struggles of Karis LeVert over the final two months. But what the Cavs saw was a bunch of defenses loading up to slow down Darius Garland, a bunch of defenses to load up to take away the Darius Garland-Jared Allen two-man game, the Jared Allen... um, dives to the basket, the lobs from Darius Garland, like all those things started to go away towards the second part of the season because defenses weren't concerned about Isaac Okoro. So that extra defender was able to shade off of him and load up on Darius. If you remember the Brooklyn play-in game, there are multiple times where Darius drove to the basket and Isaac Okoro's defender, Seth Curry at the time, would be the extra defender standing in the way of Darius and just leaving Isaac open, letting him free fire. And he missed like three consecutive threes, and then he got pulled out of the game. So what the Cavs are thinking is, okay, now we're going to put Abaji on the floor. He's got gravity. He's a weapon. He's got that reputation. Um, And the defense is going to have to pick your poison. Okay, if you're going to stay attached to Abaji, then maybe there's going to be some Garland finishes at the rim, or there's going to be some lobs to Jared Allen that are a little bit easier. Um, If you're going to leave Abaji, then you're leaving a very prolific, capable three-point shooter. Um, so that's the idea behind it. And coming into this offseason, G. Bush, the Cavs, I mean, they didn't make any secret about it. Um, they were targeting more shooting. They knew that they needed more shooting. In terms of three-pointers, whether it's makes, attempts, percentage, last year they were either middle of the pack or bottom third in the NBA. So they need a player like this. They don't have a player like this on their current roster. It was supposed to be Dylan Windler. It didn't work out. Jetty Osman is too erratic. So if this kid can be that type of knockdown shooter, like even if he's not putting up these huge points per game, like that reputation, that gravity, um, that skill set is going to lift the Cavs' offense, and I think it's going to make them more prolific at that end of the floor if he's used properly. Uh, speaking of used properly, um, what what are your thoughts on this? We, you, you, you hedged on it, and you talked about it a little bit with Isaac Okoro. Uh, I, I would put Din, Dylan Windler in there and, and, and Laurie Markkinen. Out of those guys, which one of those guys, or if there's multiple guys in that list, do you think that they've all reached their their potential? Like this is what they are, or do you think they can add certain things to their um, tool belt, so to speak? Like you know, for me, Laurie Marketing was a guy that people was he was in that Przingis type thing where he could shoot. You know, he could you know he could do a lot of different things. He's a big guy, he's seven foot. 
Like, you know what I mean? He was thought of as one of those guys that can bring that versatility. Do you think he still has reached his potential? Or out of those three guys, do you think we know what they are at this point? No. I mean, a lot of these guys are super young, G. Bush. Markinen's 25 years old. Last year was his first season playing full-time three. Last year was his first season with the Cavs in this system, with this coaching staff, with these teammates. I think he's going to be more comfortable in year two with the Cavs. Um, and, and with comfort comes confidence, and with comfort and confidence can come more production. And beyond that, I mean, that's the kind of player that they need. They need that floor spacing. They need that outside shooting. Um, Lowry Markkinen is very, very difficult for the Cavs to potentially replace when he leaves the court um, because of his shooting, because of his floor spacing, but also because of his size and his athleticism. Um, so I think there are going to be more opportunities for Lowry um, as as he gets more comfortable with this group and as he gets the ball in his hands more and he's able to attack defenders and, and stuff like that. And Isaac Okoro is 21 years old. I mean, um, everybody in the NBA is going to mature at their own rate. It's not going to be the same for Isaac Okoro as it's going to be for, say, Tyrese Halliburton, somebody else from that draft class. Um, the thing I will say about Isaac, though, like if he's going to get 28 to 31 minutes a night the way that he has his first two seasons in the NBA, he needs to be much more of a threat on the offensive end for the Cavs to justify that. And if he's not, more of a threat on the offensive end. And he brings value. His defense is valuable. Um, his cutting is valuable. Um, his willingness to fight through screens and take some matchups that Darius Garland would have to take otherwise, that's valuable as well. His offensive rebounding is valuable. But like there are now guys lined up to potentially take his minutes if he's not more of an offensive threat because there's only so much that a guy can bring um, when it comes to the intangibles and the defense. Um, before you have to start cutting those minutes for, for more uh, well-rounded options. Um, and now I think the Cavs, with Abaji included, have more well-rounded options. But but that doesn't mean that I think it's time to give up on Isaac Okoro or the Cavs are at a point where they're ready to give up on Isaac Okoro. Um, but he, he knows that he has to be better offensively. The Cavs know that he has to be better offensively, and it's up to him to make those strides on that end of the floor. He can't be a non-threat offensively. Uh, let me get into this real quick. Uh, it, it, it's kind of about the Cavs, but not really. Um, you know, obviously, you know, in the, me- in the, in the uh, media, it's been talked about, you know, LeBron in L.A. And, and Kyrie opened up a can of worms saying that, you know, he kind of regressed the way he acted when he left Cleveland. Um, let me ask you a question. With the Golden State Warriors winning, um, you know, this this year, and, and Steph Curry had four championships, um, if the Cavs never break up, um, how do do you th- do you think they win another title? And how many do you think they could have possibly done? Or what would that team look like intact, still with Kyrie and LeBron? What would the maximum potential be of of that team? I mean, I think we saw the potential of LeBron and Kyrie, didn't we? Like the version of Kyrie that we saw in the 2016 NBA finals was the best Kyrie that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, The LeBron that we saw in those finals and then the finals after that, um, that was a very, very good version of LeBron. Those two guys together were almost unstoppable. I mean, the Warriors were considered one of the best defensive teams. The Warriors were considered a historic force. Um, 
there was a lot of talent on the court in those NBA finals. Not just 2016, but the ones after that as well, when LeBron and Kyrie were were still together. So, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 the personalities and um, some of that other stuff behind the scenes, who knows? Like if that would have been too combustible, but but on the court, those two guys were were magic together, and and they filled in the gaps for each other. So, I mean, it's hard to put a ceiling on that, but as long as those two guys would have been together playing at that kind of level and healthy, you know, the Cavs would have been championship favorites or in that conversation as championship favorites every single year. And they should have been. Man. Only what if, man. What if, what if, what if, man. Uh, They also came together at the wrong time because, I mean, they they came together at the time that the Golden State Warriors were taking off and creating a dynasty of their own. So the timing wasn't great. It was like, the old Cavs running into Jordan. Yeah, see, it was one of those things. Man, I would have been interested to see it. The world may never know. Uh, Chris, I appreciate you. Thanks so much, and we'll, we'll touch base with you again. Sounds good, man. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.